Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. We are going to continue together with the study of the letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians. The first letter, 1 Corinthians. And uh, in this ministry, I would like to continue with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this will be the second part of the study of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, specifically for verses 20 to 28. I trust that you have the Word of God before you. And as I'm reading these verses, please follow me. I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 20 to verse 28. And so we are reading, But now is Christ... Mashiach, Messiah, risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by men came death, by men came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, in Mashiach, shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ, the Messiah, the first fruit, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet, but when he says all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And I'm going to stop here with verse 28, beloved brothers and sisters. We are studying one of the most important portions, as far as I'm concerned, in the Word of God. The truth of the resurrection. First of all, the truth of the resurrection of the Mashiach, the Messiah himself. And then secondly, the truth of the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of all that belong to the Lord. And in fact, even further, even though we don't have it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but there will also be a resurrection of all people. 
and the unbelievers, the unsaved, the unregenerated individuals will be also resurrected at the last days, at the end of the Messianic kingdom, only to be presented before the, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, at the great white throne judgment, and then sadly to be cast into the lake of fire. But the truth of the resurrection is being presented before us here, beloved friends and dear brothers and sisters, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just to remind you that really the central verse that uh, raising this question concerning the resurrection is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 12. As Paul is sending this letter to the believers at Corinth, to the local assembly there at Corinth, he's saying to them in verse 12, Now if Christ, if the Messiah be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And so Paul is devoting the whole chapter here to deal with the important subject of the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, and the bodily resurrection of all those that belong to God, and all the redeemed, all the believers in God and in the person of our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. We've already emphasize the fact, beloved brothers and sisters, that the Corinthians, being Greeks, being from among the Gentile world, they did not believe in the resurrection because they simply were living in their life influenced by idols. That's why when the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17 went to Mars Hill, preached the message of the gospel there on Mars Hill in Athens, we do read in Acts chapter 17 and verse 32, when they have heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. In other words, they just did not believe in the resurrection, period, because they were not aware of these things. They were worshipping idols. They believed in all sorts of gods. They were living in a world, in the nations of the world, that did not have any influence from the Word of God as the Jewish people had. On the other hand, of course, we know that Paul he was not a, a Greek philosopher. He was a Jewish rabbi, and he would, when he shared the message of the gospel, he presented the Corinthians the truth that is found in the Word of God. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, when Paul wrote this letter, he was surprised because it didn't take too long, and the skeptics have crept into the local assembly at Corinth, and they began to influence the believers, and maybe some of them claim to be believers, and they began to 
doubt the truth of the resurrection. That's why verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul was amazed when he said, How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And that is something that really troubled the Apostle Paul. Why? Because, as we know, beloved brothers and sisters, in order for one to be a child of God, he must believe in the resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And because he must believe in the resurrected Messiah, Jesus, he must also believe that later on all believers will be raised, as it was taught by the Apostle Paul when he preached the message of the Gospel. To remind you, to the Romans, the Apostle Paul, when he preached the message of the Gospel, he did say in verse 9 that if you will confess with thy mouth the Lord Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God that raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And so, as we are moving along here in the study of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is dealing with four basic questions that may have been asked by the Corinthians, and he's responding to these questions. Number one is the question, are the dead raised? And to remind you, we look together already, beloved brothers and sisters, at the book of Job, when Job, who lived during the days of Abraham, our father, Job asked this question in Job 14, verse 14, If a man die, shall he live again? Im yamut gever in Hebrew. If a man die, shall he live again? And he received the answer from God in Job chapter 19, where we do read that he had this answer, and then he could respond to himself in verse 25, 26, and 27, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job Redeemer, he received the revelation that there will be the Redeemer, the Mashiach, the Messiah, and that he is alive. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he, this is the Messiah, the Redeemer, he shall stand at the latter days upon the earth. This is the Redeemer that will come. He came once to die, he will come again to restore Israel and to establish a kingdom here upon the face of this earth. And then Job speaks about himself now in verse 26 and 27. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, I will die, and worm will destroy my body, yet in my flesh, speaking about his resurrection, shall I see God. In order for him to see God in his flesh, he must rise from the dead himself. And then he said in verse 27 of Job chapter 19, Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job had very little information in comparison to the information that you and I have. 
Job did not even have, he lived longer before our people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt and received the Torah. He lived in the days of Abraham. And although he lived during the days of Abraham as the historical record present him, yet he knew, just like Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness, the measure of light that they have received, they believed God. And so the answer for Job was yes. If a man die, he will live again. Because the Redeemer who paid for the price of the sin of this world have died and provided redemption and He will live and He will be resurrected and will be upon the face of this earth. Now you and I, beloved brothers and sisters, who live now 2,000 years after the coming of the Messiah and even after this letter was written to the Corinthians, we have the full canon of the Word of God and we have the full information that is given to us in the Word of God concerning the truth of the resurrection of the Mashiach, of the Messiah, and the resurrection of the believers, those that have trusted in Him to be resurrected unto eternal life. And so, in the first 19 verses that we studied together, we have already saw and read of the answer that Shaul Paul gave to the Corinthians, are the dead raised? And Paul devoted the first 19 verses in this 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians to say, yes, the dead are raised. The dead will rise. Secondly, and that's what we are dealing with the second question now, in verse 20 to 28, when are the dead raised? And that's the answer that the Apostle Paul provides for the Corinthians here and for you and me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20 to 28. Later on he will deal with the third question. Why are the dead raised? What for? What's the purpose? And then finally he will deal with the fourth question. How are the dead raised? Beautiful subject. And beloved friends, dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, if the Lord Jesus the Messiah didn't rise, that means that His work on the cross, on the tree, was not completed. And that He, you might say, is a dead person that claimed to be a Savior. But what is the fascinating truth that we must learn that the very reason that God the Son took union with the human nature, with humanity, and became a man, was born to the Virgin Miriam, is in order that he, as man, as a perfect man, will pay for the sin of this world. And that's why he had to die on the tree, to die on the cross. And then he was buried and rose again. And the Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, declared this in his own life. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, he said, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew 12, 40. Later on in Matthew 16, 21, we read, From that time Yeshua began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests, and scribe and be killed and be raised upon the third day. 
In chapter 17 of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 20 and 23, we read, And while they were gathering together in Galilee, Yeshua said unto them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. They were deeply grieved, the disciples, when they heard, because they wanted him to remain alive and to deliver them. But he said, I must die, because if I will not die, I will not be able to provide for you redemption. The Messiah, the Mashiach, according to the Hebrew Scriptures, had to die. That's why the psalmist says, They pierced my hands and my feet, Psalm 22 and verse 16. That's why Isaiah in Isaiah 53 and verse 6 said, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid upon him the iniquities of us all. He had to die, but he had to be resurrected. That's why the prophets of Israel promised the resurrection of the Messiah, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends. David was promising in Psalm 16 and verse 10 when he was speaking about the Messiah, his life, his death, and he also spoke about his resurrection. And David could say in Psalm 16 and verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol, neither wilt thou thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. This is the bodily resurrection. The body will not see corruption. After the three days, the body will rise and the soul and the body of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah will return and he lived here for 40 days before he was ascended to heaven. This is important. But even more, Daniel also spoke of the resurrection of the body, the resurrection of the people of Israel in a future day. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2. Daniel said, And many of those that who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. There will be a resurrection of the godly dead ones, and there will be the resurrection of the ungodly. The different will be in timing. The godly of Israel will be resurrected in order to enter into the thousand years messianic kingdom. The ungodly will be resurrected after the thousand years of the Messianic kingdom and will be ultimately cast into the lake of fire. But there will be a resurrection. Just as Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 26.19, Your dead shall live, their body shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light. And the earth will give birth to the dead. There is a resurrection. It was taught by the Hebrew prophets. And Paul preached this to the Corinthians. And that's how they became saints. They have accepted the Lord and they were saved. And so in chapter 15 verses 1 to 19 Paul gave the Corinthians a proof, threefold proof, that the dead will be raised. The first proof is the Corinthians, the fact that they now have accepted his message and they were saved. The second thing, on the basis of the word of God, 
And the word of God, the Hebrew scriptures do testify that the Messiah would come and that he will live and die and be buried and rise again. That's what the prophets of Israel taught. And then thirdly, the proof of the many witnesses in Israel's days who have seen the risen Messiah, Yeshua, after his resurrection. That is in verses 5 to 11 of First Corinthians chapter 15. And so while on the cross everyone could see the one, the Messiah, Yeshua, that was going to be killed as he was pierced through by the Romans and he was hanging on the Roman cross, but after he died and he was buried and he rose again, only believers saw the risen Messiah. And we have gone through that list, beloved brothers and sisters, of how he had been seen by Peter, and then by the twelve, and then he was seen by more than 500 brethren, and then James have seen him, and then again all the apostles, and then Shaul Paul himself have seen him as one that was born out of due time. And that's how we have led to the verse 12 on to verse 19 of First Corinthians chapter 15, when the apostle Paul asked the Corinthian, if Christ be Preach that he rose from the dead. How? Some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. And he has established the fact that yes, there is a resurrection from the dead because the Messiah was raised and all believers will be raised from the dead. Bodily resurrection. They will be glorified. They will receive a glorified body and ultimately be eternally with the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. And if you remember, Paul went through this series of statements, sevenfold series of statements concerning the resurrection in verses 13 to verse 19, which we have already covered. If there be no resurrection of the dead, then the Messiah was not risen. And if the Messiah was not risen, then is our preaching is in vain. And your faith is in vain. And we have found false witnesses if the Messiah was not raised. And then if the dead be not raised, then the Messiah himself was not risen. And if the Messiah, Christ, be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you are still in your sins. So Paul was emphasizing the fact that there is a resurrection from the dead, because the Messiah rose from the dead. If the Messiah was not risen from the dead, then you are really still in your sins. And my dear friend, I trust that you have accepted Yeshua, the Messiah, and you have acknowledged Him as your Lord and Savior and Mashiach, and that you realize that He died, yes, for your sins, but He was raised for your justification. Romans 4 and verse 25. So now, as we are moving along into this section, beloved friend, from verse 20 to verse 28, Paul is answering to the second question. When are the dead raised? When? Okay, yes, there is a resurrection of the dead. The Messiah was risen, and those who died will be raised. But when is going to happen? And so in these verses, 20 to 28, Paul uses three biblical facts. 
To answer this question, three biblical facts to answer the question as to when are the dead raised. The first answer in verse 20 and verse 23, Paul used the feast of the first fruits that God had given his people Israel to point to the resurrection of the Messiah. The Hebrew word first fruits is Reshit Ktsirchem. This feast is one of the seven feasts of Jehovah that was given to our forefathers, the people of Israel, in specifically presented before us in Leviticus chapter 23. Then secondly, Paul is using Adam, Adam, as a picture and a type of the Messiah. Adam is the first man of the earth earthly, the Messiah, Yeshua, is the last Adam, that he, the second man and the last Adam who came from heaven. And so in verse 21, verse 22, Paul will use Adam as a picture and a type of Christ, of the Mashiach. Thirdly, in verse 24 to 28, Paul will use the third biblical fact by using the coming kingdom, the future messianic age that will come, the the thousand years, the millennial age, the messianic kingdom that will come for this world in the future day. All are found in the Hebrew scriptures. So notice this. In verse 20, and then jumping over verse 21 and 22, into verse 23, Paul using the feast of first fruit to give an answer as to when are the dead raised. In verse 20, we do read, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and notice that, and become the first fruits of them that slept. So, what does he say here? That the Messiah, he was risen from the dead, and he became the first fruits of them that slept. Now that word sleep or slept in the word of God is always in a reference to believers. Believers in God, believers in Yeshua Jesus the Messiah, when they die, as far as God instruction is, they basically just are sleeping. Their body is sleeping, not the soul, not the spirit, the spirit and the human soul and human spirit is gone to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But their body is sleeping in the in the grave, tomb, and they are considered by the word of God as their body is simply sleeping, waiting for the time that it will be awakened by God. I give you a reminder of this, for example, in John uh, chapter 11, Yeshua himself speaking of Eliezer, of Lazarus, and he says in verse 11 we read, John 11, verse 11, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. You see, Eliezer, Lazarus, did die. Literally, physically, he died. But as far as the Lord was concerned, because he was going to raise him from the dead, he was only sleeping. 
This is very interesting and very important to understand. In Acts chapter 7, we do read concerning Stephen, when Stephen, the first Jewish martyr, the first believer in Yeshua that died, that was stoned, we read in chapter 7 of Acts, and verse 60, And he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now he died. But the word of God said that he's, he fell asleep. Of course, his soul and spirit gone to be with the Lord. But his body fell asleep. And then he was buried. So, Scripture teaches us, when it says here, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20, Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. In other words, he, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, became the first fruits of all those that will be resurrected after him. But he became the first fruits. And that reminds us of the Feast of First Fruits that is found in Leviticus chapter 23. And the Feast of First Fruits that was given to our forefathers, the Jewish people, whenever Israel entered into the land and they tilled the land and they worked the ground and the first fruit was called to be belong to God. And God desired from his people of Israel, to bring to him the first fruits, beloved brothers and sisters. We read in Leviticus 23, verse 9, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I have given to you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf, in Hebrew, Omer, of the first fruits. Reshit Ktsirchem in Hebrew. It is the first of the fruit of the land that you are to give to God as the first fruit for Him, for God. And so the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, became the first fruit of them that slept. Now it is very interesting. The seventh feast of the Lord that God have given to His people Israel all of them presenting not only the nation of Israel in relationship to God, but the Messiah in relationship to the people. Passover, Christ our Passover, have been sacrificed for us. Unleavened bread, that the Lord Jesus the Messiah lived a sinless life, let us celebrate the feast with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The first fruits represent the Resurrection of the Messiah. So if Passover speaks of his death, unleavened bread speaks of his perfect life, sinless life, first fruit speaks of his resurrection, of Messiah's resurrection. Messiah, he lived the perfect life, he died the substitutionary death, and he rose. He rose for our justification. He became the first fruit of them that slept. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, death is only a sleep for the believer. The body sleeps, but the soul is with the Lord. The soul and the spirit of the believers are absent from the body and present with the Lord, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. This is important to understand. 
The body will be awakened in a coming day, in a future day, when the time will come. And that's why, first of all, the Messiah becomes the first fruit. But now notice, if you jump from verse 20 to verse 23, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 23 now is saying about the resurrection. And if Jesus Yeshua the Messiah became the first fruit and he rose some 2,000 years ago, then the Apostle continues in verse 23, he says, But now every man in his own order. In other words, every believer, every person, everyone that belongs to God in his or her own order. So there is an order in the resurrection. The first fruit happened some 2,000 years ago when Yeshua rose from the dead. But now he continues and he says in verse 23, Every man in his own order cries the first fruit after, notice that, they that are Christ at his coming. So it is so beautiful to see that in connection with the church, and remember he's writing to believers in the church age, in the local assembly at Corinth, they were part of the assembly, the ecclesia, which began some 2,000 years ago in the city of Jerusalem, and then it still continues until today, as you and I are uh, today living here, in wherever you live, and as believers, we are still part of this assembly, Ecclesia, Jewish and Gentile believers in Jesus the Messiah. And so we, along with all others who belong to the church, who belong to the assembly, as we read, every man in his order, Christ the first fruit, afterwards they, not as plural, they that belong to Christ, they that are Messiah, Christ, at his coming. And here we learn the second lesson, beloved brothers and sisters, in connection with the resurrection of Christ first and then his own people, that there will be a certain order in the resurrection because the Messiah rose, first of all, some 2,000 years ago, but then they that belong to him. Now, they that belong to Christ, in Christ, every time you read the word in Christ, in Messiah, this is in reference to the church, to the assembly. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we do read concerning the believers of the church age. Listen to what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 onwards. For I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Here is the word asleep again. Who are those that are asleep? That the Apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonians. These are believers in Thessalonica who have already died. He called them, fell asleep. They are waiting the resurrection and the rapture of the church. And so he said, I don't want you to be misinformed. Ye saw not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep, once again, sleep in Jesus, sleep in Yeshua, will God bring with him. 
Then he said in verse 15 and 16, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, didn't die as yet, unto the coming of the Lord, we will not precede them which are asleep. In other words, those believers that have already died, called sleep, we with our life, we are not going to precede them. We will not precede them. When the Lord will come, we will be with them. He says in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And listen, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, the dead in Christ, this is again is a statement that has a reference to believers who are dead, they are sleeping, but they belong to Christ, they belong to the Mashiach in this present day age of the church age. So the dead in the Messiah will rise first, then we, Paul assumed that it will happen in his days, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, beloved brothers and sisters, as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 23, he's establishing the fact that he's using the feast of first fruit to apply to the resurrection of the Messiah, first of all. But then he says that in verse 23, that there is others that are part of this first resurrection, because there is an order. And you can see that in the order of the resurrection of those that belong to God, there are stages, there is order, there is rank. The Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus already rose some 2,000 years ago. But the church saints hasn't risen yet because there are there's 2,000 years of church assembly history and there are many believers in Yeshua the Messiah that are still waiting for that resurrection and raptured together with the believers that will be remaining alive during that day. So whenever the Lord will come to take His church, His assembly to heaven, there will be First of all, all the dead in Christ, all the ones that are called sleeping in the Messiah, they will rise first. And then those that will be alive, they will be changed. And all the dead in Christ will be raised and changed. The living in, the, in Christ the Messiah will be changed. And all together, they, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So according to verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit, Happened 2,000 years ago. And they that belong to Christ at His coming, that is in connection with the rapture of the church. And these are the church saints, the assembly saints, those that are part of the ecclesia, the present-day dispensation of the church age. Then, of course, from other passages, we know that there will be tribulation saints after the church will be raptured. Then the seven year of the tribulation will take place. 
Israel, the Jewish people will remain, those who were not part of the assembly, will remain here on earth, and there will be seven-year tribulation when there will be the Jewish people, Israel, still unregenerated nation, and then there will be the nations of the world. And during the tribulation period, there will be many who will believe in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, during the tribulation period. They are called a tribulation saints. And these tribulation saints, according to Daniel 12 and verse 2, and according to Isaiah 26 and verse 9, which we have already read, they will be the one that will be resurrected, beloved brothers and sisters, and they will enter into the Messianic kingdom. How do we know that he is speaking about the tribulation saints in Daniel chapter 12? We do read in verse 1, at that time shall Michael stand, this is in Daniel 12 verse 1, At that time shall Michael stand up, that great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. Daniel's people is Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble, this is Jacob's trouble, the tribulation, such as never was since, since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, listen to this, thy people, this is Israel, Daniel's people, shall be delivered. Every one sh- that shall be found written in the book. Then verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. In other words, at that time, the believers of the tribulation period will be risen They will rise and they will enter into the Messianic kingdom. And the other some that will rise to everlasting contempt will still remain in the grave and they will rise at the end of the thousand years reign of the Messiah and they will ultimately be resurrected and be cast into the lake of fire. So, in the order, the Messiah first 2,000 years ago, the church saints will be raised at the rapture of the assembly of the church. The tribulation saints will be raised at the end of the tribulation. And also what is known to be Old Testament saints from among Israel and also even before what we call Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and all these men and women of God in days of old from Israel and even prior like Noah and uh, we can say Adam and Eve and and so on. These uh, individuals that believed God and died as believers in days of old, even before the Messiah came, they will be raised in their order in order to enter into the Messianic kingdom which will begin at the end of the seven year of the tribulation. So, verses 20 and 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul uses the feast of the first fruits to illustrate and to point to the resurrection of the Messiah and the people of God. Everyone in his order. Christ the first fruit, then they which belong to Christ at his coming. And then the tribulation saints, then the Old Testament Israelis, Jewish saints that, that believe in God and even prior to them, they will be also raised. But the church saints will rise before the tribulation. The tribulation saints and Old Testament saints will rise at the end of the tribulation. 
The church saints will rise in order to be changed and meet the Lord in the air before the tribulation. And tribulation saints and Jewish Israeli saints, uh, Old Testament saints will rise in order to enter into the Messianic kingdom, but they will rise after the seven years of the tribulation, at the second coming of the Messiah. So in verses 20 and verse 23, Paul is answering to the question, when are the dead raised? And he's answering the Corinthians. They will be raised at the rapture of the church and then at the end of the tribulation saints, at tribulation days. Now, in verses 21 and 22, Paul presents the second biblical fact to answer when are the dead raised. And in verse 21 and 22, Paul using now Adam. Adam was the first man that God created out of the dust of the earth. You and I are called Bnei Adam. Ben Adam means son of Adam. Bnei Adam means children of Adam or descendants of Adam. Every one of us are really descendants of Adam. We are descendants of Adam, but the first man that God created was Adam. He created him, and we read of it in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, and he created him and placed him in the Garden of Delight, in the Garden of Eden, until Adam sinned, and then he had to die physically, and that is where you and I have inherited his sin nature. That's why each and every one of us goes through the process of death. <coughs> and so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to this. I'm reading verse 21 and verse 22. For since by one man came death, by one man came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, in Mashiach, shall all be made alive. So you notice how interesting. Because in verse 21, Paul is emphasizing that by one man, that is Adam, death came. And what Paul does here, he shows us the contrast. Adam caused all men to die, both, first of all, spiritually, and then physically. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, God said to Adam in the Garden of Eden, when he gave Adam an instruction concerning the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we do read in Genesis chapter 2, we read in verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded men, this is Adam, Adam, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but, verse 17, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. The Hebrew word for surely die is mot temutun, mot tamut. You will die, you will surely die. 
and that will be also a process of decay. Dying, you shall die. Well, Adam, according to chapter 3, after Eve was beguiled by the serpent, which is Satan, then Eve gave of the fruit to Adam, and he did eat. So he violated God's command. And therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, Adam have actually plunged the whole human race into sin. We read in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 3, And she gave it also unto her husband with her, and he did eat, violating what God said to him in Genesis 2 and verses 15 to 17. Well, Paul takes this circumstance and he's explaining to the Corinthian in verse 21 and 22, For sins by one man came death. By one man also the resurrection of the dead. In other words, the reason that we all die physically is because we have inherited Adam's sin nature. You see, the word death in Hebrew, mavet, means separation. When Adam ate from that fruit, he first of all died spiritually. He didn't die physically immediately. So he was separated from God spiritually. Then later on in his life, he died physically. That means the body went to the grave and his soul returned to God who gave it. But because Adam had accepted God's provision, he was forgiven. So his soul went to God and he is eternally with God. But still his body have experienced death, the separation. That means that the soul and the spirit separate from his body. His body went to the grave. His soul and spirit returned unto God. And then because of this, you and I have inherited the very same sin nature. That's why we die. All die. Hebrews 9, it is appointed unto man once to die. There is an exception. Enoch went to heaven without going through death. Eliyahu went to heaven without going through death. The church saints that will still be alive here at the rapture will go to heaven without going through physical death. But commonly speaking, naturally speaking, every one of us will go through the process of Decay, dying, the body goes to the grave, the soul and the spirit goes to God until the day of the resurrection. So because of Adam, verse 21, for sins by one man, namely Adam, came death. That's why you and I die. That's why people, we go to a funeral services today. People do die, believers and unbelievers. Believers are forgiven. Their soul go to heaven, their body waiting for the resurrection. But the unbelievers go to hell, and their body is waiting also the resurrection, only to be cast into the lake of fire later on at the end of the thousand years reign of the Messiah. So now in verse 21b, he says, also by one man, by man that is, and that time he's speaking about the Messiah, also there will be the resurrection of the dead. In other words, it's because Adam, the body goes to the grave and there is death. Because Adam, that is the man from heaven, the second 
the last Adam, the last man, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, there will also be the resurrection from the dead. That's what he's teaching here. In verse 22, in Adam all die because of sin. In Jesus, in Yeshua, all, this is all believers, be made alive because of the righteousness of the Messiah. And so we read in verse 22, But as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You see, he's making a contrast here between Adam, the first man that was created by God, and another man altogether, the man from heaven, God the Son, who took union humanity and became a man through the Virgin Miriam. He's the man that came from heaven, and he's called Christ. In the Greek, come from the Hebrew word Mashiach. So, as in Adam, all die. It is appointed unto man once to die. All die. Believers and unbelievers, all die. Believers, of course, are forgiven, but all die. So, even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. And the all is, is the all believers in the new creation. All will be made alive. It has an emphasis on to be raised, but also to be made alive, to live forever and ever in bliss with the Lord. In other words, it speaks about the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who will be the one that will raise the believers from the dead. Listen, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, Wherefore, as by one man sin enter into the world, and death by sin, even so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. That's why we all die physically, because we have inherited the sin nature of Adam. But because of Christ, of the Mashiach, who became the last Adam, the second man who came from heaven, because his righteousness, because he is the one that lived life honoring to the Lord without sin, and he died for our sins. Therefore, Yeshua, in Yeshua, in Christ, all that I believe in him will be made alive, will be resurrected because of his righteousness, because of his perfection. See, Adam sinned, and you and I called sinners. Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, lived perfectly. He lived righteous life, and he died for your sins and mine. Because of him, we became righteous. We declared to be just, beloved Brothers and sisters, an amazing truth to learn in these verses. And this is what we read in verse 21 and verse 22 concerning the answer, When are the dead raised? Paul responding with three biblical facts to answer this question. In verse 20 and 23, Paul uses the Feast of First Fruits to illustrate the order when things will happen. And then in verse 21 and 22, Paul using Adam as a type and a picture of the Messiah 
And because in Adam we all died because of Adam's sin and disobedience, because of Messiah, Yeshua, Christ, we all be made alive because of his righteousness. That's what he's teaching us here in verses 21 and verse 22. I want to read another verse in John chapter 5, in verses 25 to 29. Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is speaking about that. And so listen to the word of the Lord in verse 25 of John chapter 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Verse 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, Yeshua says, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good, that means they that are believers, they have accepted him, they have done good in the sense that they have accepted him, they will be resurrected unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil, these are the ones who rejected him, they will rise into the resurrection of damnation, or their condemnation. The two resurrection. Now in verse 28 and 29, we don't see the timing difference here. It sounds like it's one after the other immediately. But from other texts in the Word of God, we learn that they that have done good, they that are believers, they will rise to meet the Lord in the air, And before the tribulation, before the tribulation, this is for the church, after the tribulation for Israel, in order to enter into the Messianic kingdom for a thousand years. But those that have done evil, the unregenerated one, they will still remain in the grave until the thousand years will come to an end. And then their body will be resurrected and the soul and the spirit to meet the Lord Jesus as the judge at the great white throne judgment, and there they will be cast to a final destiny to the lake of fire, according to Revelation chapter 20. So, beloved brothers and sisters, the second question, when are the dead raised? From verse 20 to verse 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul used three biblical facts to answer this question. He answered in two biblical facts already, in verse 20 to verse 23. First of all, he used the feast of firstfruits, in Hebrew, Reshit HaKatsir. Secondly, Paul used Adam as a picture and a type of the Messiah to illustrate that in Adam we all died, In Yeshua, the believers are made alive. Because of Adam's sin, we all died. Because Yeshua's righteousness, all the believers be made alive. And they will be resurrected and ultimately with the Lord forever and ever. And now finally, in verses 24 to verse 28, Shaul Paul uses 
the future kingdom, the coming kingdom that God promised to Israel and to the whole world in a future day when the Messiah will reign and ultimately even is pointing to the eternal order. And so the eternal order is being presented here. The end will come. There will be a millennial age for a thousand years. And then Revelation 21 and 22, we have the eternal order. The thousand years reign of the Messiah, according to Revelation 20 verses 1 to 6, we have a thousand years messianic kingdom upon the face of this earth when Israel restored and the world is blessed. But then after these thousand years, there will be the eternal order, according to Revelation 21 and 22, a new heaven and a new earth. Sin will be no more. And so in verse 24, after the millennial age, Paul is now pointing here in verse 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and notice that he's pointing now to the future day when all will be in a perfect harmony with God. And I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 24, a beloved a brothers and sisters. And listen how beautiful Paul is giving the example of using the coming kingdom, the coming future day of the reign of God. And so we read in verse 24, Then, notice that after he says, in verse 23, Every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit, and afterward they that belong to Christ at his coming. Then, notice that, after that, then cometh the end. When he, this is the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus himself, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Now from verse 24 we learn that the end coming, and this word for the end, takes us all the way to the eternal order, Revelation 21 and 22, where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. According to Revelation 21 and verse 1 we read, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, no more division, no more separation. And John said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is Revelation 21 and 22, looking at the eternal order. That's it, when sin will be no more. But what we learn from verse 24, then comes the end, when he shall deliver up the kingdom. This is he, this is Yeshua, Jesus. And he delivering us the kingdom. Which kingdom? So from verse 24, we learn that before the eternal order, there is a kingdom, this is the millennial kingdom, the thousand years reign of the Messiah, of which we read in Revelation chapter 20, before Revelation 21 and 22. Let me read to you just for a moment a few verses in Revelation chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and he bound him. Notice that he bound him for a thousand years. 
And then he cast him to the bottomless pit and, and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nation no more until, listen to this, until the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loose for a little season. In other words, Satan after the thousand years reign of the Messiah will be loosed and still he's going to come against God's people, the Jewish people and the holy city of Jerusalem. So in other words, between the eternal order and the end of the tribulation, the second coming of the Messiah, the end of the tribulation, there will be a thousand years. And the number thousand is mentioned, I think, six times in Revelation 20, verses 1 to 6. It says here, he said in verse 4, And I saw thrones, the day that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, and neither his image, neither had received the mark, his mark upon their forehead or in their hand, that they shall live and reign with the Messiah for a thousand years. You see, there will be a thousand years reign of the Messiah and Israel restored. The world will have peace. But not yet the eternal order. You remember the question is, when are the dead raised? Well, the dead will rise in the order, in the rank. The Messiah first 2,000 years ago, the church saints before the tribulation, Israel, the saints of Israel and tribulation saints at the end of the tribulation, there will be a thousand years reign of the Messiah. And then the apostle emphasized what will happen after the thousand years of the reign of Christ here upon the face of this earth. So from verse 24 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beloved brothers, and sisters, Paul says, there will be, here comes the end, when he, this is the Messiah Jesus, he will deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, that he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. In other words, God gave to Christ, to the Messiah, to rule for a thousand years. You remember he said in Psalm 110 and verse 1, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And he would give him the Messianic kingdom to rule for a thousand years. But then Christ, the Messiah as man, will hand over to God the Father the kingdom. Because the end is coming. The eternal order is coming. In verse 25, Paul emphasizing that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, must rule, must reign. For he must reign, verse 25, until he has put all enemies under his feet. Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, must reign as King of kings and Lord of lords until God has put all enemies under Messiah's feet, under Christ's feet. Psalm 110. And then in verse 26, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Death will be no more. We just read in Revelation chapter 20 that after the thousand years of the reign of the Messiah, Lucifer, Satan, will be loose for a little while. We read it in chapter 20 and verse 
3, he must be loose for a little while. But then we read in Revelation 20, verses 13, 14, and 15, where there will be an end to death. Verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they would judge every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In other words, death will come to an end. Death will be no more. Death will be cast. Death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. And that's it, beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters. The last enemy is death itself. And you and I know very well how men fear death. Because no one knows what will happen when one dies. Only believers in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who believe God's word, know what God said in his word. And we accept the fact that when we die physically, we are going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But no one is running after death because it is the enemy of the believers, the enemy of the all men. For the believers, it stopped to become an enemy because... We belong to Yeshua. They stopped to be our enemy because we have accepted the forgiveness of God through Yeshua the Messiah. And so in verse 27 and 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we come to the conclusion where Paul said, All things must be put under the Messiah, Yeshua's rule and authority. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, that the Messiah was accepted. God was satisfied with the work of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah on the cross. And then he said, which did put all things under him. In other words, God was so satisfied with the work of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, that he placed him in the pinnacle of the universe, and he told him, until I make thine enemy thy footstool, and he put all things under his feet, that the Lord Jesus the Messiah will rule over all things. In fact, in Psalm 8 and verse 6 we read, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thine hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. That's where Paul quoting Psalm 8 and verse 6. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is important for us to understand. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, we read this very important verse concerning the Lord Jesus the Messiah. We do read in verse 22, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly, to the church, to the ecclesia. And then the conclusion here with respect to when are the dead raised? In verse 28, at the end, we do read that after the thousand years of the reign of the Messiah, then we read in verse 28, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son, 
in his humanity, the Messiah, also himself be subject unto him, that is, unto God, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. In other words, at the end of the thousand years reign of the Messiah, even the Messiah himself will hand over the kingdom unto God, and he as man, the son as man, as the Mashiach, he himself also be subject unto God, that God, this is the Father, the Son, the Spirit, Ha'abba, Ha'ben, Ha'ruach, that God, the Godhead, may be all in all. This is the finality when the dead will rise, the messianic kingdom will come uh, to fruition, then after the messianic kingdom, the thousand years of the reign of the Messiah, he will hand over the kingdom to God, and he in his humanity, the Son as man, will also himself be subject unto God that put all things under him, that God, and that word here, Elohim, that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all the triune God, one God, three person, that God may be all in all. My dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, this is fascinating, fascinating to understand these truths concerning the fact that there is a resurrection of the dead and the dead will rise in their order. This is important. Every man in his order, the Messiah, the first fruit, afterward they that belong to him at his coming. Well, may the Lord bless you. We trust that you belong to Him. My dear friend, that you have accepted the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, as your Lord and as your Savior. There is a day of resurrection. May the Lord bless you and encourage you as we continue together with the study of the book of 1 Corinthians. Until the next time, we wish you the Lord's blessing and we say, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.